0: amen thank you brother terry i love that song thank you so much thank all of you for worshiping this morning thank our praise team thank our choir uh, thank all of you Brother terry and so uh, thank you for being a part of our worship time uh, if you would turn to the book of deuteronomy we looked at this verse briefly last week we want to look at the 10th chapter of the book of deuteronomy And we're going to look at verse 12. And I'm going to be sharing a sermon I've entitled, The Lord Requires Me to Serve. And uh, we want to continue to focus upon serving, our nominating committee's meeting. Every Wednesday night, working hard to make sure we have all the positions and officers and teachers and all of that filled here at the church. And uh, let me just pause while you're looking that up and say, I, I appreciate everything that all of you do. It just, it's amazing to, to see so many people working and serving the Lord. And so let me just say thank you for all that you do. Uh, that's how the church is edified. That's how the church is built up. That's how the church moves forward. And uh, is by the spiritual gifts and, and the natural abilities of, of the body of Christ. And so I want to thank you. You work so hard. You serve, and I really appreciate that. But uh, it's, it's, for his, it's for the Lord, it's for His glory, it's for His church, and, and so um, I want to say thank you for all that you do. Deuteronomy chapter 10, if you'd be so kind to stand and we'll look at this verse, have a prayer, and then let God speak to our hearts. Reading from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come and worship you. I pray that everything that we did this morning in our worship time, Father, uh, that uh, that Father it was pleasing to you, and I pray, Lord, that you were honored by it, Speak to us now through your word. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them the men. But, Father, help us not to be just hearers, but doers of your word. Thank you for those who serve in different areas of the church. Thank you for their faithfulness in serving. Thank you for others that are going to come along beside them and serve also. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. and Be seated. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 is kind of real easy to understand in what God will have us to do. So the, requ- the Lord requires certain things of me. He did his people back in the period of Deuteronomy, Exodus, and Deuteronomy, in the Old Testament, and the same is true today. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12, we're told what God requires of his people. First of all, he said, fear the Lord. Now that word fear there means to reverence the Lord. Walk in his ways. That means to obey his commandments. To love him. That's with a self-sacrificing love. That word love there uh, is agape, and it's a self-sacrificing love. It's not a sensual type love. It's not a friendship type love. Friendship type love, filial love, is where we get the word uh, Philadelphia. It comes to the city of brotherly love, and you have a sensual type love. And so, but he's speaking of agape love, a self-sacrificing love. It's the same love that's used when the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives. Like Christ loved the church. Both of those, agape, agape. Love your wives. That's a self-sacrificing love. Like Christ loved the church. How did he love it? He sacrificed himself for the church. It's a self-sacrificing. He didn't say, Husbands, filio, your wife, just have that friendship love or that. Sensual love, but he says, Love your wives. It's a self-sacrificing love. So, wife, your husbands need to be having that sacrifice and love for you. Okay? If he's not, just remind him. That's what the Bible says. All right? You do that. So, that's love. And then he says, Serve the Lord with all of your heart and soul. And so, here's the question: Are we serving? Are you serving? Are you serving anywhere in the body of Christ? Ask yourself, you know, are you serving in the body of Christ as a believer? So the point is, as, as believers, we're workers for God. We're servants for God. You and I are the ones that God uses to accomplish His mission in the world. We're his servants, his, we're his workers. So the question is, what have, I, what have I done for the Lord this week? How have I served the Lord this week? How am I planning to serve the Lord tomorrow? Am I going to serve the Lord with all my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my might? Am I going to serve him? So first of all, all God's people, if you're taking notes, all of God's people are expected to serve. All of God's people are expected to serve. Jot this verse down, Exodus chapter 23, verse 24, or verse 25. Verse 25 says, So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I'll turn sickness away from the midst of you. And so he commands all of us to serve him. But for some unbiblical reason, most of us as believers are waiting for someone else to do the work. We want someone else to do the work. We want someone else to sing in the choir. We want someone else to work in Bible school, Miss Kim. We want someone else to, to kindly work in the nursery. I raise my kids, and I don't want to raise somebody else's kids. We want somebody else to do it. We want somebody else to work with our children, someone to work with the youth, someone to promote missions, our our women's own mission, uh, WMU, our women's missionary union, promoting missions, keeping missions in front of us. And they have great meetings, you know, uh, on the second, I believe, second Monday night in the month, and we have... Have a few women to come to do the work of missions and keep it before the church. They need some help. They need more women to come. And Then we have a new organization starting up, and that's WOW, W-O-W, Women of the Word. And, and so they're going to be meeting uh, uh, pretty soon, the first of the church year, and younger women are going to be involved in keeping missions priority in our church. So God depends on you to do the work to serve and not someone else. Keep that in mind. So first of all, all of us are required to serve. Secondly, jot this down, whatever you do is important. Don't think that your job is not important, or someone asks you to do something that that you think, that's just too insignificant for me to do. I mean, if they don't have anything bigger than this, well, then they shouldn't even ask me to do it. No, whatever you do is important. Whatever you do, look at Second Corinthians chapter 12. Let's look at that just for a moment. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, I'm sorry. First Corinthians chapter 12, and look, look at verse 7. We'll pick up with verse 7 and read down to about verse 14. Let God speak to you. It says, the manifestation of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to each one for to profit of all. So he's talking about spiritual gifts and how those spiritual gifts are 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 passed out into the church and given to those that are in the body of Christ. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another verse eight, the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So get the point. The point is God's going to give you a spiritual gift, and He gives it as He feels like is best for you and is best for the church. Look at verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members... But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one Spirit. Did you see? Or into one body. Did you see that? As a believer, we're all baptized by the Spirit into the body. You know that's the most important baptism you can have, is being baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. That's how you get into the body. There's no water involved in that. Okay. The Spirit baptizes you into the body. Let that sink in. Whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in in fact, the body is not one, one member, but many. And it goes on, you can read uh, later on for the sake of time, it talks about how important the foot is and the arm is and the and the eyes are and the ears. He talks about all that. The point being, everyone has a special place in the body, been given a spiritual gift by God, by the Holy Spirit, in order that the body can function, be edified, be built up, and be carried on. So think about everyone. Think of your spiritual gifts. You know what your spiritual gifts are? Now, everyone has at least one, probably more than one. But what would you say my spiritual gift is? Uh, Ask yourself that question. If you don't know, we need to discover what that is. Now, a gift is different from a talent. Gift is different from a natural ability. You see, uh, a spiritual gift is given to you at your spiritual birth. Uh, A natural ability is given to you at your natural birth. Terry's family, they're gifted in music. His mother was a pianist. Uh, her father played the piano, his brother played the piano, cousins played the piano, uncles played the piano, and, and that's a natural ability. But anybody can learn how... Well, some, most, some people, I tried. Mary had a little lamb as far as I got. But that's a talent that can be learned, but a spiritual gift is something God gives you, where, the, where you can use that in the body of Christ, and the body is built up and edified. Maybe teaching... Maybe setting up tables. Brother Chris it sets up tables. He needs some help doing that, taking them down. That, that's a gift of ministry. That's a gift of service. And so you have a spiritual gift. It may be visiting the sick, visiting the nursing home. That's a spiritual gift. And you're given that gift to build up the body of Christ, minister to other people. Maybe fixing snack baskets at an intensive care room. That would be a good ministry to start. That's a gift of ministry. Uh, a gift of washing the church van. That's a gift of serving the church in a particular way. Driving the church van, bringing materials for the backpack ministry. You may not realize it, but you were you were doing a gift of serving when you were bringing those things for the backpack ministry, carrying food to a. To a neighbor, a new neighbor in the community. That's a gift of serving. That's a gift of ministry also. Carrying food to a sick neighbor in the community. That's a gift. God may have given you that. You know, uh, that, that you may be, you know, someone gets sick, you, God puts it on your heart, you carry food to them. And, and that's a good ministry. Praying for the sick. So those are gifts of ministry and gifts of service. Senior adults, listen, we can't get out of it either, because look at, if you will, 1 Corinthians 12. Look down at uh, 12, I believe it's verse 22. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Some translations say more feeble. They're necessary. There's something for everyone to do. Everyone who's a member of the body of Christ has a particular gift, one gift or more gift. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Whatever you do, whatever you do, wash the church fan, break down tables, whatever it is, that is important. So regardless of your gift, regardless what your uh, natural ability is, you put both of those together. Think of that. Put your spiritual gift together with your natural ability and just look what you can do for the Lord. Heard a great illustration years ago, and it was entitled, Who Flew the Kite? And uh, who flew the kite? I did, said the wind. I did, said the paper. I flew the kite, said the string. I did, said the little boy. I flew the kite. Well, in reality, who flew the kite? They all did. And so the point is, each one had a part to play. And so the point is, here God has a place... In a strategic for you to play a strategic role at Mountain View Baptist Church, he has a certain place for you to serve. Something he's gifted you, uh, given you a spiritual gift to do. And this church, this congregation, this body, just like that kite, it flies and it soars based on its gifts of its based on the gifts of its members. It'll be because of what you did how you did your part by using your spiritual gifts and your natural abilities where this church takes off and it flies and it just soars. It's based on you and your spiritual gifts. So all of us are required to serve. Secondly, whatever you do is important. Jot this down. We serve for the right purpose. We, we need to serve for the right purpose. Now, what do you serve? Brother Terry's up here singing. The choir's up here singing. And other people are, you know... Brother Pierce playing the guitar why why do they serve why do I preach why do we do that why do you do what you do do you do it to be saved of course not Ephesians 2 verse, verse 8 says for by grace are you saved through faith it's not of yourselves it's a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast so why do you serve why do you serve you know a story's told about uh, Jesus Now, it's not in the Bible. It's a story. You know, stories make believe. But it's pretty good. Stories told about Jesus and two of his disciples, and they were walking down the road. And Jesus told each of these two disciples to pick up a stone for him. And so they picked up a stone. John picked up a large stone. Peter picked up a little small stone to carry for Jesus. Jesus led them to the top of a hill. And then, when they reached the top, he commanded those stones. One John was holding the large, one Peter was holding the small. He commanded those stones to be, to be made bread, and they became bread. And so they ate. And John had a, he had a big stone, but Peter had a small stone. And his, his bread, he didn't think, was sufficient enough. But John said, hey, you can have some of my bread. So he gave him some of his bread. And so they ate. And they walked on down, and Jesus told them to pick up two more stones, and they picked up two more stones. And they walked, and they came down into a valley, and there was a river there. And it was getting late. It was about dinner time. And so uh, when John picked up his stone, he picked up another large stone. And when Peter picked up his second stone, he didn't pick up a little one. He picked up a large one. And so now it's getting close to dinner. And they came to that river. And before they crossed the river, Jesus said this. He said, throw both of your stones into the river. So John threw his big stone. Peter threw his big stone. And they both of looked bewildered at each other. And then Jesus said this. For whom were you carrying the stones? Now think of that. Who were you carrying your stones for? So what do we do what we do? or Why do we do what we do? We do do what we do because of Jesus, to bring honor and glory to him. And so all of what we do, it's not for me, it's not for Brother Terry, it's not for all of you, but we're lifting up our voices. They're lifting up their voices to Jesus. It's all for him. It's all for him. So remember, all of us are required to serve. Whatever you do is important, and we need to serve for the right purpose. Jot this down. We need to do our best in serving the Lord. If you're you're serving the church, whatever it is, you need to do your best. You know, years ago, we used to sing a song in the old Broadman hymnal. It's in the Baptist hymnal, but not in our latest Baptist hymnal. And uh, the title of it is Give of Your Best to the Master. Listen to this. Give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth. See, youth, you're included in this too. You give your best to Jesus also. Throw your soul's fresh glow and order into the battle for truth. Jesus has set the example. Dauntless was he young and brave. Give him your loyal devotion. Give him the best that you have. Give of your best to the master. Give him first place in your heart. Give him first place in your service. Consecrate every part. Give and to you shall be given. God his beloved son gave. Gratefully seek and to serve him. Give him the best that you have. Give of your best to the master. Naught else is worthy his love. He gave himself for your ransom. Gave up his glory above. Lay down his life without murmur you from sin's ruin to save. Give him your heart's adoration. Give him the best that you have. Give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth, clad in salvation's full armor, join in the battle for truth. Give your best, whatever you're doing. Listen, give your best. God gave his best, his only begotten son. Jesus gave his best, while we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross for us. The Holy Spirit gives his best as he leads and he directs us. And so the question is, are we giving our best to the master? So wherever you serve, teachers, whatever you're serving, you're, teachers, whatever class you're serving, give your best. I appreciate our teachers. They come to church every Sunday morning. They study hard. They're ready to present a lesson, and they share God's word. And I appreciate everyone, our teachers are studying all week, and they come and they share God's word. They're doing their best. Now, he's not saying be perfect, but he said just do your best. So are you giving your best to the master? Years ago, President Jimmy Carter, he wrote a book entitled Why Not the Best? And while in the Navy, serving on board of a nuclear submarine, he was called before his commanding officer, and he was asked this question. He says, Are you doing your best in the duties that you've been assigned? He thought for a while. President Carter said this to his commander. He says, No, sir, I'm not. And his commander said this, Why not the best? Why not the best? And so the Lord Jesus looks down today, God from heaven looks down, and all that we've been gifted to do, and the way we've been given natural abilities to serve here and to serve there, God says, are you doing your best? And we have to answer that question. President Carter to his commander said, no, sir, I'm not. But the answer, the, the reply was this, then why not your best? Why not your best? So listen, we give our best. God's not demanding our perfection, but he wants our best. And so ask yourself the question, am I serving, am I doing my best for the Lord and for his church in the duties that have been assigned to me? Am I doing my best? And so the point is, God and his church deserves our best effort, regardless what it is. So first of all, all of us are required to serve. Whatever you do is important. We're to serve for the right purpose. We need to do our best. I'm going to close with this one. Jot this down. We'll be rewarded for our service. You're going to be rewarded for your service. Look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll close out. Verse 10. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. God's word says this. For we all, must, we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether it's good or bad. Now, let's, let's look at this verse just a moment. First of all, we're all going to appear before the judgment seat. Now... We, he's, he's speaking to believers. We, believers, all believers. Now, there are going to be a lot of believers. From, from the beginning, from, from Adam, all the way up to us. All believers. Those who place faith in God. Those who have trusted Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior. Place their faith in Christ Jesus. We're all going to be, all believers. Billions. okay, Billions are going to be standing before the judgment seat. Now, he's talking to believers. Paul never addresses, he never gives instructions to the unbeliever. Now, he may mention them, but he never gives instructions. When you read Paul's letters and his epistles, he's, he's talking to Christians. And first of all, he says, we're going to stand before the judgment seat. Now, that word judgment seat is kind of an un- unfortunate translation in the English Bible. The Greek word for that is the bema. Seat the bema seat, and the bema seat was a platform, uh, probably out in the city square of car rent, And this platform is where the judges sit to judge charges that were brought against people. Like for instance, you would appear before the bema seat, and they would declare you guilty or not guilty, and then they would uh, issue the uh, uh, the penalty. You know, they'd give you uh, so many days in the dungeon, or they, they may even require your life. But you came before the Bema seat, and so it's the seat of judges. It was their court case, you might say, where court cases would appear. However, this judgment seat, this Bema seat used here, was also used in the Olympic Games, and so they used the... Uh, the, the BEMA seat for the Olympic Games. And so when the runners would come across the finish line, they would pass before the BEMA seat, the judgment seat. And the judges would say, Place number one, yeah, number two, he's, he's third, he's come in fourth, he's come in fifth. And so they pass before the judgment seat, the BEMA seat. So remember this the BEMA seat is not a judgment for our sin. When he says that we're going to stand before the judgment seat, that's not for your sin. That's for our works. He judges our works. And then later on, you'll see in this chapter that he gives rewards based on how we've served him. Okay? So we'll have various degrees of rewards for our works, for our service. But remember, we'll never come before the Lord to be judged according to our sin and been a Christian? Look, if you will, at Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 1. Here's a verse. There is therefore now no condemnation, see, to who? To those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So we're not coming before this judgment seat. We're coming before the bema seat to be judged, not for our sins, but by how we serve the Lord. Okay, so we'll never come before the Lord to to receive judgment for our sins. That's already been taken care of when you were saved. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we want to look at verse 7 through 9. 1 Corinthians 1, 7 through 9. I'm about finished. It says this. Verse 7 says, But we speak the wisdom of God in... I'm sorry, uh, I'm in 2. Let's look at chapter 1, verse 7. Here we go. Let me get the right page. He says, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 1 in 1 Corinthians, so that you come short of no gift. In other words, you've been given every gift necessarily to, to serve the Lord. Eagerly waiting for the, re- the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. You've been gifted, and you're waiting now for the Lord to come back, for second coming. Who Now listen to this. Who will also confirm you to the end, "...that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ." You see that? When you come, when you come before... The word blameless there, that means no blame. When you come before the judgment seat, you're going to come before Him blameless. There'll be no blame there in regards to your sin. But you're going to be judged on how you used your spiritual gifts and how you served Him and how you served His church. And then you'll be rewarded based on your service. So <clears throat> you may suffer here. We may suffer here for serving the Lord. Some people may ridicule us for that. They may, uh, they may mock us for doing that. They may, uh, I don't be jealous for, about our spiritual gifts, according to their spiritual gifts. And may be, you may be suffering from, uh, from in the church, you may suffer from outside the church. But one thing for certain, when you stand before the bema seat, it's not for your sins; it's for your service, and it'll be for your rewards. So, kindly keep that in mind. We'll be rewarded for our service. All of us are required. What you do is important. Serving for the right reason, do your best, and you'll be rewarded for the service. You know, I mentioned uh, years ago. Uh, I found a little illustration that was kindly interesting. And it was, about, um, it was about how, and I mentioned a few minutes ago, that oftentimes, for whatever reason, we're always dependent on someone else to do the work at the church. And sometimes it never gets done. Listen to this. I thought it was maybe humorous, but it, it makes a lot of sense. The church was saddened this past week to learn of the death of one of its most prominent members, someone else, Someone passing creates a vacancy that will be difficult to fill. Else has been with us for so many years. Someone did more than a normal person's share of the work. Whenever there was a job to do, a class to teach, a meeting to attend, one name was on everyone's list. Let someone else do it. It was common knowledge that someone else was among the most generous givers in the church. And when there was a financial need, everyone just assumed that someone else would make up the difference. And someone else was a wonderful person, sometimes appearing to be superhuman, but a person can only do so much. Were the truth known, everyone expected too much of someone else. Now someone else is gone, and we wonder what we're going to do. Someone else left a wonderful example to follow, but who's going to do the things that someone else did? So... If someone else has died, then what gets done here at Mountain View is not going to be done by someone else. It's going to have to be done by you, and it's going to have to be done by me. Because someone else is dead. So whatever you do here is important. You know, in in order for a person to serve the Lord, receive the rewards in heaven, you have to be saved you got to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. you got to be a member of the local body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. So to serve the Lord, you have to be saved. You've got to be a part of the body. And so God's going to bless our church, the leaders of our church. All the members of our church have to demonstrate a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. So you have to be saved. Then you have to be spiritually gifted, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And if you've been saved, you've got at least one spiritual gift and perhaps several more. And then you demonstrate spiritual fruit in your life, Galatians 5, 16 through 25. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness and goodness and temperance and meekness and mercy. That's who you want serving serve in any church. The, the nominating committee is not going to look for those who are perhaps controlled by the flesh, envy and hate and resentment, and that list goes on there also. And so, which person would you like for us to nominate? Well, of course, those that are being led and controlled by the Spirit. And then you, you'd be faithful, faithful in attendance. It's hard to serve the Lord sometimes at church when you're not here, and so it's good to be faithful in your attendance. And so God's gifted us for a purpose, and that's to edify and build up the church. I hope and pray that you commit yourself in doing that. Let's have a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for an opportunity we have to come together this morning and worship you. And Father, we're just on the eve of the new church here starting. There's so many positions here, and our committee's working hard trying to pray and and speak to those people you lay on our hearts to do certain things and and so father i pray that um, today you've spoken to the hearts of people to see to let them know how important it is for for them to realize father that whatever they have as a spiritual gift it's important and and put with their natural abilities lord we can do great things for you and so i thank you for each person serving and i pray lord today if Perhaps some of them may sit on the sidelines and rather wait for someone else to do it. Lord, today you'll speak to their hearts and they'll commit to, to serve you, Lord, and to, uh, to do what you would have them to do and what they're gifted to do. Lord, you never tell us to do anything that you don't gift us to do. You give us uh, whatever we need to take care of business, you, you give us that gift to do that with. And so... Father, we pray, Lord, that we can just commit ourselves ho- totally to you, Father, in serving, serving you, serving our fellow man. Thank you for how you've blessed us in our own personalized spiritual gifts, natural abilities. We put it all together, Father, and how the church can soar. It can really move on uh, if we work together and, and serve you and what you've blessed us with. Thank you for what you're going to do in this invitation time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen.